Hey everyone, welcome to Finance in a Flash. On this episode, we talk about debt and how we think about debt leading into retirement. And to do that, we have back on Aaron Campbell, our tax and planning expert. We really hope you enjoy the episode. All right, let's go. Aaron, how's it going? We've been knocking out a bunch of podcasts here lately. So uh, people in the future don't know that, but we know that. Living yeah, in the that's past. right. It's been it's been pretty fun. I kind of like doing this. It's pretty it's pretty fun to to hang out and talk about all this stuff. Uh, do you ever think that you would uh, be recording a podcast when you started Beacon? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think podcasts existed, you know, 15, 20 years ago when we, we had the whole idea of starting this company. So um, it's kind of an interesting way of doing things. I kind of I think I like it better than videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to like I'm, you know, wearing a hat and a sweatshirt right now. And yeah, we don't have to get dressed up and we can talk about all the fun things. It's great. And you guys don't have to see we have great, uh, great radio faces. Um, <laughs> anyway, so let's get into this episode where we talk about debt. So a lot of times, uh, mainly debt has a negative connotation to it. And a lot of talking heads or articles or companies may say, you know, debt, all debt is bad. Whereas that might not be the case. So kind of starting off, how can we, or what's, there's good debt and bad debt and which is which? So, I mean, I tend to put the bad debt category, anything that's kind of unsecured, credit cards, high interest rate loans. Sometimes it's auto loans if they're at a high interest rate. Um, bad, the good debt is more the things that we can take deductions for, mortgage interest, uh, you know, mortgages, student loans, equity lines, things like that. So we're kind of using it to um, either buy a property or upgrade a property um, or, you know, upgrade our careers, I guess, in the case of student loans. Um, most of the time that interest is deductible in some way, shape or form. And so those are the ones that I'm not as concerned about. Um, but the bad debt, the credit cards, especially, those are the ones I kind of want to focus on. Yeah, perfect. So now that we've established good and bad debt, and, you know, let's say I have you know, several things that I need to pay off. How should we think about what to pay off first? Should it be the highest dollar amount, highest interest rate, like the type of debt? Like, how should we think about that? Yeah. So the the first thing I do want to look at is the type of debt. You know, I, I tend to want to focus on that unsecured credit card loans first, uh, definitely before anything that's, you know, mortgage equity line. Um, and then I tend to think about it in terms of the highest interest rate first. So if I've got a credit card at 15% and another credit card at 12%, then I want to focus on the 15%. So pay the minimum payment on the lower, lower rated, you know, lowest interest rate loans. And then the higher ones, those are the ones I'm going to want to put all my extra money to and pay those off as quickly as possible. And then kind of just a pecking order, you know, start with 15 and then go to the 12 and then yeah. go to the 8. Um, try to get paid off as, as soon as possible. Yeah. And there may be, you know, different situations like this year, you know, I still have student loans and um, there's no student loan interest this year. So you can either take that in the way of, wow, I don't have to pay any money and my amount ain't going up, or I'm going to crush this loan. I'm going to crush this. So there's less money getting impacted by that interest rate when it does start back up. Exactly. Like you definitely want to 
if you've got kind of these periods of time where, you know, you're not having to make a full payment, um, that's when you really can like focus. Um, you know, if you, if the income's still the same, you've got, you know, no cash flow worries or anything like that, just crush them as hard as you can yeah. during that time period. It makes, it makes a big difference. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's also important to kind of keep up with what's going on in the current times. Like, are there, you know, different caveats like that that could really help you out? That's right. So going from that into, you know, I feel like the a big loan most people talk about are mortgage loans. Um, and especially now with, I feel like, you know, where we are in Raleigh or maybe the real estate market is really just popping off right now and, and re- because rates are so, so low. So backpacking off that, when when should we think about refinancing a mortgage loan? Is it is it just when the rate drops or are there other situations as well? Yeah, I see this quite a bit. And in my career, I've seen a ton of people just refinance mortgages almost every couple of years. Um, the big the big reason is because the interest rates drop. So if if you, you know, were paying six percent and then you refinance it to four, but now it's at two and a half, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense to refinance it again. Um, another reason to do it would be, you know, to get a lower payment, maybe, uh, maybe cash flow concerns, maybe somebody's lost their job or maybe, uh, you know, retired or taken a, a step back at things. And so maybe just trying to get that payment lower, that might make a lot of sense too. Um, and another big reason that I think about is if I've got a variable rate and now the fixed rates are super low, it just makes a lot of sense to switch to the fixed rate. Um, because now, you know, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we may have a, a five-year arm that was at three and a half and that was great. But now it's, you know, 3% and it's a fixed rate. And we know it's going to be there for the life of the loan. So I'd love to see people get into fixed rates. And now's the time. So uh, 2020 has been quite the year and uh, we've seen interest rates drop. Um, They're the lowest I've ever seen them. So it's now's the time to think about that for sure. Yeah. And I guess just a quick cut. Quick question, throwing a curveball at you. So, and there are, I guess, you know, there are some costs into refinancing or getting that there, you know, you do have a lower interest rate, but there are also costs in doing that as well, correct? I'm not saying you're getting in on the direct cost, but there are some to keep in mind. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, typically you're going to need to have an appraisal done on your house. A uh, couple hundred bucks there. You're probably going to have to pay some kind of an, you know, origination fee or something to the to the lender. Um, but if you embed all of that into, hey, let's think about how much you're going to save in interest. Um, that that makes a huge difference. You know, paying you know a thousand bucks to save, you know, several thousand bucks or tens of thousands of dollars yeah. over the life of the loan. Uh, it's worth it's worth kind of the out of pocket upfront cost to do it. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So. Um, continuing on the, you know, home mortgage and, you know, homes, there are a lot of people use home equity lines as, as a strategy as well in financial planning. And I don't feel like a lot of people know what that is. I know when I came into the industry, I didn't really have any idea of what that was at all with a finance background. So if you could, I guess, give a definition of a home equity line or equity lines in general and why or when they could be effective. Yeah, sure. So Let's say you have a house and it's you know $250,000 and your mortgage is 100,000. So you've got $150,000 of equity in, you know, in the house. A lot of times you can go to the bank and they'll give you uh, kind of an equity line of credit 
against that equity in the house. And so what you're kind of doing is, is taking the equity in the house and kind of using it as a backup. Uh, I like to think of them as kind of a backup to the emergency fund a little bit. So you've got a kind of this pot of money that you can borrow. Um, and then, you know, you can pay it back as you need to. And it, it's still backed by the, the home. A lot of people use it for, um, you know, making additions to their house or upgrading, you know, maybe redoing their kitchen or something like that. And it's a good way to kind of use the equity in the house to upgrade the house. Um, you know, another thing that we kind of see is some people will use it to kind of either pay off other debt, because this is actually a good debt, um, or maybe put off um, distribution, say, from a retirement account or from, from an account, uh, maybe into a different tax year kind of is a, a line of credit to kind of tie them over and let's say um, until another tax year. Um, so I just like the idea that if you have equity in your house, go ahead and go to the bank, ask them, you know, can I get an a, a equity line? Um, it doesn't mean you have to borrow off of it, but it's kind of just there as extra backup. Um, uh, and I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great idea that is very underutilized and undervalued. Um, that's right. not really talked about a lot. Um, so applying, you know, you know what we've learned so far to retirement, um, we talked about debt, good debt, bad debt, you know, this and that. If I, I'm okay, I'm coming into your office, I'm ready to retire. Do I have to be 100% debt free to retire for good? Yeah, I definitely, I don't think so. Um, a lot of times we leave that up to the client and how they feel about it. But I will say that the, my clients who are retired and they don't have any debt, they tend to be a, a little bit happier. They sleep better at night. Um, they kind of pass that sleep test, I guess. But yeah. it's definitely not a requirement. I mean, if you've got a really low rate mortgage, um, then I think it, it can make sense to still continue to have it and not pay it off. I, I look at it as um, the opportunity cost on mm -hmm. the loan. So let's say you've got a mortgage, it's at 3% um, and you have another account over here and it's earning, you know, 5%, then, you know, it might make sense to leave that money kind of in the account earning 5% versus, you know, taking it all out and paying off that loan. Um, it, it's, it's helpful to have it paid off, but I definitely don't think it's a requirement. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I, um, you know, when people think about retirement, it's like, okay, we've got everything squared away for life. Like now we just have this huge, 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 huge cash account that uh, we can just live all forever. And that's not really how it goes. And I think that's, you know, more of a storybook tale than actuality in some cases. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so to wrap us up, to wrap this episode up on debt, um, could you list some common or easily avoidable mistakes we've seen or you've seen people make in the past when it comes to debt? Yeah, I mean, okay, so <laughs> I've definitely seen some things over the years. And uh, one thing that I do want people to kind of keep in mind is that retirement and, you know, that bucket of money that they're going to use for retirement in a way, it's a future debt, right? So people need to focus on both saving for retirement and paying off debt. Uh, it can't be either or. So I don't want to see someone kind of go all in on paying off their mortgage and then forget to save to their 401k plan. Um, I think that you've got to kind of do both. And so that's that's one of the big things I see. Um, another thing is I don't really want someone to take like a taxable distribution from an IRA or to take money out of a Roth IRA that's never taxed just to pay off a debt. I think 
Yeah. If I think about paying taxes and potentially penalties on those accounts just to pay something down or pay something off, I don't really know that that makes a lot of sense. So I'd rather see the focus be on kind of current cash flow, you know, reduce expenses and then use extra uh, cash flow to pay off the debt versus taking money from a retirement account. Um, some other things, uh, emergency fund, I want there to be an emergency fund. And so I don't like it when people kind of take everything out of their emergency fund yeah. just to pay off, say, an auto loan. Uh, because what happens if you wreck the car, you know, <laughs> and now you've got to go buy a new car yeah. and you don't have an emergency fund to pay for it. I'd almost rather, you know, I'd rather kind of leave the auto loan in place um, because liquidity does make a huge difference. Um, and I think that's important to understand that it's important to have liquidity and sometimes having a little bit of debt just so you can keep your liquidity in place. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that last part as well. Sometimes the, you know, the peace of mind of having, you know, actual money in the bank account may, you know, and then for that emergency or you never know what's going to happen in life. I mean, we can use this year as an example forever, I think 2020, but having that extra bit of liquidity for, you know, some debt is not always a bad thing like a lot of people paint it out to be. Yeah. And, you know, focus on those credit cards. That's the big thing. I think pay off the credit cards. Don't worry as much about the equity loans, the mortgages, the student loans. Those things will eventually get paid off. Um, and you can make a plan for those. But but cash is important. Liquidity is important. And, uh, and just don't run up debt on the credit cards. Yeah. And you should be good. Yeah, got it. <laughs> Yeah, I need to take that advice sometimes myself, but yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, I think that concludes our episode on debt. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, joining us again, and we will be back next time on Finance in a Flash. Yep, thanks for having me.